0: Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I am your host and happy Boxing Day. I'm your host Peter Pratt. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. This is part two of the conversation with Matt Williams. We start the conversation with, is Jesus Sanchez cooked? We then also transition into Jesus Luzardo and is he and a sit back, relax, enjoy this one on Boxing Day with Matt Williams. I'm just wondering what your take is and and what you're seeing from maybe from Sanchez. Is there anything we're missing or is this perhaps going to be the end of the road for Jesus Sanchez with the Marlins? He's he's
1: definitely too young to be writing him off as anything like... You know, it's it's the end of the road. I mean, he's 25 years old still, Mm. and he's uh, he's a lefty, which is always nice. The main problem with him is he has a lot more swing and miss than Brian De La Cruz does, and he hits a ton of ground balls. Mm. Uh, Only 16% line drive rate compared to last year, De La Cruz at 27. Uh, You want that number to be closer to 20 at least is 46.6% ground balls 36.7% fly balls and his home run to fly ball rate 16% which is pretty much league average. So he needs to be elevating the ball more, which is something that can be fixed, but it's not something you can count on, so that's why I said it's a little um it's a little more difficult to project uh what he can do, but as a left-handed hitter, they like to loft the ball so Mm -hmm. I'd be a little surprised there. You never know with the shift being gone. Sometimes that helps lefties. And if you're hitting ground balls, that can help. But again, you don't want him to hit ground balls. We don't want his batting average for balls and plays to be higher on ground balls. We want him to stop hitting ground balls. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's, that's the main problem with Jesus Sanchez. I mean, he just, he just chases too much. He, he swings and misses at too many pitches in the zone and he chases too many bad pitches outside of the zone. Um, when he connects, he's unbelievable. He was ninety-six percentile max exit velocity. Yeah. You've seen it. All you got to do is watch Jesus Sanchez to know what he can do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, another brutal, brutal fielder with a strong arm. He should probably be buried in right field or probably the DH. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but uh, <laughs> oh, in twenty twenty one, when he you know, came up and he kind of surprised, you know, he had he had the crazy max exit velocity he did last year, and then when he came up for this year, he just. Pitchers kind of figured him out a little more. Uh, mm. they still threw him a lot of fastballs, but he just couldn't get a hold of them like he was originally. He whiffed like a lot more on them. And it's just I would assume this is just a problem with a young player, but you know, this happens to all young players. They struggle, can they adjust? Yeah. Um I don't know if they'll get enough at-bats necessary. Uh, I would think being on the bench is probably the wrong move. Like you said, they've already used his options up, so yeah. they can't send him down, which is probably would have been his best ticket to improve. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I would... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Spring training will be huge for him, right? Because they're going to be making a lot of different moves. We'll see the health of a lot of different players as well. We got to see what they're going to be doing. I guess with the full-time DH, because right now Solaire is there, but they're talking about moving. Uh, There's been rumors the Red Sox really want Joey Wendell and then like, you know, who's going to play third base? Are they going to who they're going to move around? Is John Birdie going to come in to the infield? Does that open up a spot? So there's a lot of moving pieces here. So as far as Sanchez, um, yeah, I, I haven't given up on him. There's no reason to believe in him as far as actionable um, information that you can see other than we know he's still young and we know the power is most definitely there, but he wouldn't be the first or last player to have amazing power metrics that, you know, cannot make it happen on a consistent basis.
0: Yeah. I think so that would be. So look that at he... Hira. he looked like an all-star. Now he's buried. He <laughs> that is true. And the word you use there, consistency, I think that is it with, with Jesus Sanchez, just trying to, you get a little bit more consistent in his approach in his uh in his swing. It is just a wild lavish swing. It really is. There's a lot, literally a lot of moving parts in what he does. And uh yeah, a lot of lot of swing and miss, a lot of strikeout. Um very intrigued to see. You know, clearly, I think for the Marlins, you know, Don Mattingly and his staff uh gone. Skip Schumacher in his staff. It's gonna be interesting to see. Whether they can get kind of some 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 ups to uptick and upside from some some of these guys that've been there for a couple of years and, and maybe make some adjustments, but they they really they've left themselves struggling a little bit with with Sanchez. They they carried him on the roster pretty much back end of the year when the season was already cooked and we knew it was cooked. They then optioned him and burn in his final option year, which didn't make a ton of sense, like strategically, in my opinion. Um, but you don't know what's going on in the background, but it gives them minimal wiggle room there. And like we've seen with like a uh, Lewin Diaz very recently as well. You, you DFA these guys at 25 on league minimum that have, you know, a profile that's interesting. They're going to be claimed and Mm. they may not end up making the rosters. And obviously we've seen Lewin Diaz has been on four organizations in the past three. We traded to the Braves. So, you know, interesting fit there, but zero minor league options with an unproven player makes it tricky um from a roster construction perspective, doesn't
1: it? One one thing that I would look out for that I would hope they'd be thinking is to have him as a platoon player, possibly even platoon in the DH. Yeah. I mean, from the, versus lefties as a left-handed hitter, his weighted runs created plus, which for anyone not totally familiar with that, is it pretty much um puts a number on your offensive production for the team 100 being league average mm-hmm. so if you're 101 you're one percent better than league average 99 you're one percent worse than league average he versus righties he was a 115 um his iso was 225 which is really good that's his isolated power of and you know you want to see something above 200 for a power hitter he's 225 and his was 115 so he's 15 percent better than your league average hitter versus lefties he was a minus 18 Oh, Not that doesn't mean he's eighteen percent worse. He's one hundred and eighteen percent worse than a league average hitter versus lefties. Wow! So let's try him as a platoon hitter, maybe,
0: that uh, because we sensible. know
1: we, we know he can hit righties and we know he can't hit lefties. Not that we want to give up on him being an everyday player, but uh, you know, let's let's try to put him in the best opportunity to succeed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just just on that point, because one of the other storylines that that cropped up last year, and again, sorry to spring this on you. Yeah. But early in the year, Jesus Sanchez, Jazz Chisholm Jr., both of them, um, started the year really hot. Um, yeah. Then there was a lot of dialogue, let's say, on you know, Marlon's Twitter, them platooning them. And they were platooning Jazz as well and really sitting him early on against lefties. As the year went on, and obviously he had a, an all-star campaign, uh, he actually just started playing against both. But, how? I mean, Jesus Sanchez being a minus-18 um, I assume jazz is probably better than that, but I'd be intrigued to know what his number is there on the lefty side to see, you know, whether, whether Donnie maybe was right to be platoon in jazz against lefties.
1: One thing is your star players. You don't want to have to platoon. The fans don't want to see it, but no. it's a completely underutilized thing in baseball. You should, if there is ever a problem, platoon anyone. Anyone hmm. should be doing This is why switch hitters are actually bad. Very few players in major league history should have been switch hitters. You have like Chipper Jones, uh, Mickey Mantle. There's very few that are actually good from both sides of the plate. If you actually look at most switch hitters, especially now, hardly any of them should be switch hitting. No. Most people should be only hitting from one side of the plate. Um, it's, it's ridiculous, actually. Yeah. Uh, for your question, Jazz was a 158 versus righties. Fantastic. Versus yeah. lefties, 45.
0: Oh, so boy. yes,
1: um, again, young. You want him to figure it out though. So especially the in the state the Marlins are in, you want him to be out there on an everyday basis. But yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing if you were looking to give him days off as someone who gets injured from time to time. Mm-hmm. You probably want to sit him versus tough lefties because right now, yeah, he is a he's you know about fifty five percent worse than your league average hitter from last year. Um, and versus righties, he batted two seventy five with a five seventy nine slugging. Uh, versus lefties, batted one forty three with only a three fourteen. So, okay, he was, he was he was awful versus lefties. But again, Jesus Sanchez is in Jazz Chisholm. He's <laughs> uh, not. You, here you want to maybe steer him into being a platoon guy because if you're a lefty. Uh, in a platoon, that's fine. You're seeing the majority of games. If you become a strong left-handed platoon player, you got yourself yeah. a career. Yeah. Uh, if you're a right-handed platoon player, you know, not so much. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jazz here, you want him to be able to uh, stay in there and try to figure this out. Because, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, he's he's a special, special hitter, and you want him to try to you don't need him to be an all-star against righties and lefties, but you want him to not be a liability against lefties.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, then, guys. Brief pause in the action to let you know about our good friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every single league out there, professional or amateur. Pro football, college bowl season, basketball, and even the Premier League. It is back today for Boxing Day. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Agree with you on that. And I think the point you made there, I think, was where things got to with Jazz, where the out there taking ABs against lefties, because you want him to just become average in, against those lefties, and then he can obviously excel against the righties like he's already doing, and that's kind of what we're looking for. Because yeah, to your point, you you don't want your franchise player you know sat on the bench you know once twice every 5 days or whatever it's, it's you know we want yeah, him out he's, there plus
1: he's, he's a young player who thinks very highly himself in the best way possible mm-hmm. and he's constantly swinging for the fence if you have trouble versus lefties as a lefty and you're young it probably takes you a while to learn and to listen to your manager of of Telling you, hey, maybe you want to try a different approach. Sometimes you just got to shorten up your swing. Uh, sometimes you can't be looking for the long ball as much. Yeah, you look yeah. at even the – look at look at the successful switch hitters that there are there. Francisco Lindor is decent. If you actually look, he is a different hitter from both sides. His power is mainly coming from one side, and then from the other side, it's more like he starts being more of a slap single batting average hitter. And that is maybe what jazz is going to need to do. He's going to maybe need to shorten up his swing a bit. He's going to maybe change his pitch selection up a bit. He's just going to have to get everything out if He can, because the idea here is just to get on base, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Makes total sense. Really does. I'm intrigued to see what, what jazz Chisholm brings in 23, I think he's going to be pumped. He's obviously missed a lot of time, which um, you know we won't have enjoyed. So yeah, yeah. DM, DM
1: someone DM Jazz. You had 14 home runs, 13 were against right-handers. Swinging for the fence versus lefties ain't helping
0: you. You might no. as well get a higher batting average. There you go. I'll text him now. We'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's flip it over to the pitching side then, mate. Hmm. Because there's you know from a Marlin's um, the rotation right now and uh, actual you know, within the organization too things are nice this is a this is a, a position of strength uh one guy that we did want to dig into uh was was jesus lazardo acquired uh from the starling mate deal uh and in the end this has looked a great trade for the marlin See, he, he had all the potential i cannot,
1: I cannot believe they gave you jesus lazardo to this day that no. they gave or i should say that they gave up on jesus lazardo i couldn't believe it
0: exactly uh, you know highly touted prospect okay and, and you know was. Pitching, I think, in, in playoff games the year before, I think, for for the A's. And then yeah, okay, he had a bit of a down year. The Marlins managed to swing a deal. Um, it did create a gap for the Marlins because they then haven't been able to address center field since. But Jesus Lazardo came in. It was a shaky start. Uh, but last year in particular, it was very impressive. And for me, he took some massive strides forwards. What are you seeing from Jesus Lazardo and the differences from from twenty one and into twenty two?
1: Love Lazardo. I mean, he didn't pitch enough innings because he still, which is sadly uh, the story of his career so far, was injured a bit, so which mm-hmm. kept him out of there from being qualified. If he was if he had enough innings to qualify, he had a 30% strikeout rate and an 8.8% walk rate, giving him a 21.3 K minus walk percentage. He would have been tied with Zach Wheeler. Um, that he was that good. Plus 30% wow. strikeout rate is amazing. His main problem. Is just health, um, which there's nothing you can do about. He's still young. And I say you're only injury prone until you're not. We talk about Carlos Correa. and yeah. everyone's mind, he's injury prone. He's yeah. played 90% of his games over the last three years. That would shock most people because you're used to him being injury prone, yeah. but he just stopped. <laughs> he's <Yeah>. young and <laughs> yeah. he just 90% of his games over the last three years. So who knows? But one thing to consider with Jesus Lazardo is that. Um, he's only thrown over 100 innings once and that was just now 101 third inning is yep. what he just threw so um no matter what happens, workload is going to be a problem you hope to want to get him up to like the 130s you know one you know something like that this year yep. uh that would probably be a win 130 140 I don't know it just depends how on how he's going and how he feels uh but the as far as the stuff, it's about as legit as it can get. Um, everyone's used to seeing now people like Hunter Green, Aroldis Chapman, Edwin Diaz, Jacob de Brom constantly throwing 100 miles an hour. It's not typical for lefties to do that, though. Uh, he is actually like one of the fastest throwing lefties in the entire game, uh, Jesus Lazardo. Uh, you know, still upper 90s, maybe not 100, but he's throwing about as fast as you can. I don't know what it is with lefties. They, they're just not throwing gases as, as hard as the righties <laughs> yeah. are, uh, but he's about as good as they get. What did he change from when he was struggling so much? Mm. Uh, He had a lot of, especially in Oakland, he had a lot of consistency problems. He was changing grips up. He was trying different sliders and curveballs and throwing two different curveballs at a time. Uh, And he was basically getting batted around. His curve, in 2021, his fastball was getting nuked. His slugging percentage against was 655. I don't have Oof. to tell anyone that's bad um, and his curveball did really well 3 to 42 um, slugging against changeup was still 500 but he wasn't throwing it a ton and then his sinker was also just getting destroyed because it wasn't actually sinking uh, last year he just simply started throwing his fastball less and that's most people. If you just throw a lot of fastballs, people key in on it. You're not, mm-hmm. if you're not throwing it and it has a ton of movement, you're not blowing a ton of people away. You want to use your other pitches yeah. and then use your fastball to pinpoint. Sonny Gray, like almost ditches fastball entirely. So in 2021, he threw his, uh, Fastball thirty-two percent of the time is is curveball twenty-eight percent of the time, and he flipped that. He threw his curveball thirty percent of the time, his fastball only twenty-seven percent of the time, and then his changeup twenty-two percent of the time. So he's basically throwing you half of half of the pitches that he's more than half of the pitches coming at you are going to be um, are going to be breaking balls, and then the four seam is only coming twenty-seven percent of the time. Mm. So last year the curveball. Now that it's up there, it was being it was a really good pitch. Three forty-two slugging percentage against last year. At expecting batting average only one sixty-seven uh, with a two eighty-seven slugging. And it's fastball now that hitters had to really account for the breaking ball coming in more, and they couldn't guess fastball as much yeah, or yeah. lean on it. Uh, two oh seven batting average against only a four fourteen slugging, which is. You know, it's phenomenal. It came down from 655, and the whiff rate went from, uh, on the fastball, went from 18 down to 15, which seems like, oh, that's worse. But that doesn't matter as much. You get more call. We don't need you to swing and miss more. We just need the ball to be more effective. If you're expecting a breaking ball, and here comes a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, weak contact, perfect. Um, you know, don't swing at it at all. Called strike, perfect, and and that's pretty much what he did. The th- main thing you want to look at is like his you know his put away percentages um were really strong, and everything else was looking like everything that he was doing early on in his career in Oakland. So him, he you know he's right now he's still only twenty five years old, which may yeah. shock people because it seems like he's been around for a while. It does um, yeah, he came up super early. He still hasn't thrown a ton of innings, so. As far as my takeaway, so there's two different things here. What should you expect as a Marlins fan? Mm -hmm. You just want him to be healthy. The talent's real. Um, He made significant strides. He looked to be consistent last year. Mm -hmm. He didn't really look like, you know, I mean, he looked dominant at times, and he didn't look like he had problems with command too often, and it looked like he kind of had a game plan that stayed consistent towards the end. All you want to do is see more of the same thing, and you want to see him do it over a full season. So, I mean, I don't know if this is boring analysis, but what you saw last year was legitimate. You just need him to build on that and stay healthy. You don't even actually need him to build on it. Just be more who you same. were last year. Yeah. yeah. More of the same. You just you're just hoping at 25 years old, you can't. I mean, one, you know, young player, like, you know, that's you have adjustments to make, especially lefties. They take extra time to develop. Usually all, all of them do. And now you're constantly tinkering with your mechanics. We know that can lead to injury. He's not doing that anymore. And he has a full year to work on, you know, just staying consistent. That should help him stay healthy. Um, You know, just growing more and, you know, having more coaches around him, just growing more comfortable what he's doing, having a stronger game plan. That'll stay him, stay healthy. So consistent mechanics will make him stay healthy. So, yeah, so the name of the game for Jesus Lazardo is keep doing what you're doing. It was working fantastic. Great game plan. There's literally nothing opposing batters can do about it. If he's executing, he's executing. You yep. know, I mean, that's basically the, what what it, what it comes down for, to for Hazelous Lizardo. So do not trade him. Keep him. <laughs> uh, and uh, just, yeah, I hope he can uh, just kind of put this together. I mean, otherwise you're going to consider two years from now, maybe him being a really shut down closer, but that's hopefully not something that it comes to. You want him to be able to put forth the innings uh, to just be a dominant all-star starting pitcher.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We do need a a shut down closer as well, by the way, but yeah, maybe, maybe this won't be the one. Um, Jesus Lizardo, uh, for me, the, the the one thing that doesn't show up on the screen or on, on any of the numbers that you look at is the fact that he he started wearing glasses when he was pitching. And that, for me, was a game-change of him. He uh, he could all of a sudden see, so maybe that was all he needed. He just a wild
1: needed... thing from Major League.
0: Wild, wild. Um, <laughs> trade value of Jesus Lozado right now must be sky-high. Like you said, the Marlins really shouldn't be looking to trade someone like this, um, You know, c- considering he's still on league minimum and is absolutely ascending. But... To your point, the health the health issues have been there. Um, trade value could be sky high. We need some sticks. Um, but for me, I'd want to keep him too. And to me, it looks like a legitimate kind of two three, you know, in the rotation. I mean, Sandy's the clear ace, but you know, Lozado's a two right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say when I say don't trade him, it's um I mean, most fans could be like, oh, he's trade him now before he gets injured again, which I can understand you thinking that. But
0: hmm.
1: we know we know Pablo Lopez has a shoulder problem that's probably going to hold him back long-term and he's closer to arbitration. We know the Marlins um, stance on paying people. Yeah. Uh, so it probably just makes more sense to trade him. The the thing you don't know want with trading Lizardo is other teams know his injury history too. And yeah. his, his value isn't at his highest. Now uh, his value Imagine if he goes into the all-star break without injury and just pitches like this. Imagine yeah. what his value would be then. Yeah. Of course, you don't want to trade him then. But what if you traded him and then he, that's what he did? I mean, I'm only trading Lazardo if someone's giving me back something premium and that ain't coming back. I mean, it's like you need a center fielder. Brian Reynolds sounds good. Why would the Pirates want to trade for someone who's like getting the you know getting closer to arbitration? They want like minor leaguers, they don't want to pay anyone either. Yeah. Um, so he's he's an impossible player to trade, in my opinion, because you trade him and he turns I mean what do you, I mean the, the best case scenario is you trade him and he gets hurt. Who wants to root for that you're tra- if you're trading with the hopes of that happening, yeah. like then what are we even doing here? So it's yeah, hold, hold on to him and, and hope that he turns from gold into platinum because I think it's legitimate I think it legitimately could happen. love it.